Okay, so this is a class about interest groups, and the first thing that we really have to look at is what are interests. Uh, interests are the things that interest groups represent. I've already uh, defined democratic politics as largely a struggle among interest groups within a broader context of voters and the media and uh, elected officials and uh, challengers for office and all the other broad context in the, in the first video in this course. Um, so the question is, what are interests? Uh, the term interest groups often connotes or brings up in people's minds special interests. Uh, and one of the things about that term is it really it's, it, it is redundant. It's meant to imply a critique that there are certain interests that are special, that those interest groups uh, and the people who are working for them and that those interest groups represent are seeking special treatment in the context of sort of the broader general uh, public interest or general good or common interest or common good, whatever term you want to use for the broader public uh, good, the idea of special interest is that they're narrow and specific and they are self-interested. Um, the thing about this is that all interests really are special interests. Uh, the idea of a general good or a common good or a public good or a general will or whatever term you might want to use for this sort of broad interest of society as a whole, that doesn't really exist. Uh, it's a concept that we could say, well, there is some kind of interest that's, that the entire nation uh, or an entire state uh, or an entire people or the people of the entire world uh, that they all share, but there really is, like, it's extremely abstract. Uh, one of the ways to actually look at democratic politics is that the struggle among interest groups who are seeking their particular uh, interests to be advanced uh, in a very competitive environment, that the struggle of interest groups is actually what produces the common good of the general interest uh, as a result of the clashing, the competition of these uh, various special interests. So I'm not gonna use the term special interests and I wanna push back against the idea of special interests right here at the beginning. All interests that are represented in democratic politics, in interest group uh, activity, are special interests in the sense that whatever group is advocating for a particular policy, and I'll talk in future lectures about what it is that interest groups do and why they're connected to policies, but whatever they're doing, of course they're pursuing their interests. Um, it's not special. There's no interest is more special than another. Some interest groups have an interest that is narrower to a smaller group of people, and some have an interest that is broader to a larger group of people, but they're both special interests in the sense that both of them are specific to that group of people, however large or small. Um, so that's pushing aside the idea that interests are special and non-special, or special and specific in particular, and general and common and public. There's no distinction uh, between those, or if there is a distinction, it's purely conceptual and abstract. The idea of a public good or a, or a, a, a national interest is really so abstract that we, it, it's not useful to talk about it. So, interest groups are representing interests. What are interests? Well, interests often can sound also, not just like special interests, but they can sound very much like their specific material benefits. And it's true that some interests are material benefits. That's actually one of the types of interests. But other interests are much more value-based. Um, so there's really, instead of what are interests, so interests are material benefits or interests are you know, some abstract concept, interests are actually on a spectrum from material benefits to an individual or a specific group of people, that interest group, or a value-based uh, interest or ideal 
or uh, ideology on the other end of the spectrum. And in between is where values and benefits align um, or where they can kind of match up. So let me give you one example from each side. Material benefits. Um, I am a professor at Portland State University and so one of my interests is in having more resources for teaching and personally for myself as an individual, right? And these are actually two different uh, material interests. Personal resources, I want more pay, I want more benefits, I want less work. Uh, those are all material benefits. I have an interest in uh, getting those for myself. Um, as a member of the Portland State faculty, I have an interest in smaller classes, higher technology classrooms, uh, um, better support from the university, any of those other things, those are all material benefits that would make me and people similarly situated to me better off, right? So even just as a Portland State University professor, I have two kind of levels of interest and they're both special, right? Notice that one is very specific to me, like I want more money, I want more benefits, I want less work and more support from me. I want a better office, I want more administrative support, I want more free books, whatever the material benefits might be, uh, there's a bunch of them. And interests on the material benefits side of things tend to range. There's a lot of things that can provide, a lot of specific things that can provide material benefits to an individual. And as a group, right, like I, I'm similarly situated to other Portland State University professors. We all would benefit from uh, class sizes that are more to our liking. In some cases, smaller classes, in other cases, larger classes. Like some, some professors might actually, their interest is in having a 500 uh, student lecture hall so they can get their uh, ideas out to a large group with, uh, you know, in a smaller time frame as opposed to reaching 500 students, uh, you know, 50 at a time or 25 at a time. So you can already see, and this is one of the things about interests, is that even when we look at one end of the spectrum, the material benefits side of the spectrum, it's very diverse and we can have different perspectives on it. So one, another Portland State University professor, while we share certain kinds of uh, interests in terms of material benefits, we want better benefits, we want higher pay in general, we, we want class sizes to our liking, we want technological support, we want administrative support. Individuals within that common interest or that, you know, that, that, that we share in common, it's not common in the broader sense, because that's too abstract, but the common interest that I have with other uh, Portland State University professors, we might have some, uh, some differences. So one thing about interest that's really important to note, and this will come up time and time again, is that there's actually a diversity of perspectives on just what is in someone or some group's interest. And that's part of the interest group struggle uh, is over defining the specific interest that's going to activate political action, defining that in a way that fits uh, your perspective rather than someone else's perspective. But that's the material benefit side. It's, it's things that are useful resources. Money, support, students, whatever it happens to be. Security, clothing, all this stuff. On the other end are values-based things. So uh, for example, even just as a professor, like one of my values <clears throat> is to make sure that I'm contributing to, or to contribute to the development of critical thinking skills among young people, right? That's one of my values. Um, and uh, that is an interest of mine. All of our values are our interests because we would prefer to have our values manifested in the world instead of not manifested in the world. And we would prefer to have our values more strongly manifested rather than more weakly manifested. Uh, that's a very different kind of interest. And typically, when people say interests, the default thinking 
is material benefits. Uh, and for sure, that's one end of the spectrum. That's one very large uh, grouping of uh, interests that people have are material benefits. But values-based outcomes are also an interest. So an interest group are, for example, people who are against uh, abortion. Right? The pro-life uh, movement is an interest group. Right? Now, it's a special interest, even though it's very large. Same thing with pro-choice. That's also an interest group, also special interest, because neither one of them represents the entire nation. Um, but both of them are values-based interest groups. They have things they want that are purely in terms of uh, the right and the wrong, or the good and the bad. So values-based interests are all about these normative judgments, what's good and bad, what's right and wrong. Now, one of the things about interests is that typically, the reason, part of the reason why there's a spectrum instead of, instead of two categories, values-based interests and material benefits, um, is that they're in, the, in the world of outcomes, which is what interests uh, are, their outcomes, uh, or their, their desires for outcomes, uh, there are often mixtures between values and material benefits. So, for example, if I'm a, a pro-choice person, right, I might be purely the value-based side. I might just say, it is right and good that women have the choice over their reproductive systems and they can make those choices however they want. That's a purely value-based interest. Um, but in reality, what's mostly going to be connected to that is that I also see that my values are tied to particular material benefits or material resources. So I don't just want it to be legal for women to have uh, an abortion if they want it. I want there to be access. I want there to be clinics where they can go do it. I want there to be support for uh, lower income uh, women who can't necessarily afford it. I want there to be uh, uh, counseling and psychological support for women who are having a difficult time making this decision to actually kind of come to it through uh, a, a process, uh, a really healthy process for themselves. So that's a mixture of pure values-based idea, pro-choice, like reproductive rights, and material benefits. Many interests, as they manifest in the actual real world of politics, which is what this class is all about, uh, the, the uh, political activities of interest groups, many interests, as they manifest themselves, have some kind of mixture. They're not purely at one end or the other, right? Like, you know, if I want more pay for me as a professor, that's really just a purely material interest. It's, but I also probably believe, I have a, there's a, a value mixture there, I probably also believe that I deserve more pay, that professors are underpaid, that uh, teachers in general are not valued by our capitalist system as highly as they should be, uh, as highly as our culture values them, or as highly as, as our culture should value them. And so even when I say one of my interests is higher pay for college professors, uh, and K through 12 teachers, I'll throw them in it, it, for all teachers, right? Um, since I'm a teacher, that benefits me materially, but there's a value mixture in there. Now, there doesn't have to be. I could just purely say, I just want more money. That's all. I don't necessarily believe I deserve more money. I don't necessarily believe teachers are underpaid. Uh, I don't believe that our, uh, the capitalist system, our, our culture, or our public uh, schooling system undervalues or underpays teachers. I just want more money, right? That's, that's possible too. That's a purely material benefit interest. And that can exist. Um, and as, but as you can see, even just in describing this, generally 
even the material benefit interests that are really, or excuse me, the interests that are really close to that material benefits end of the spectrum are not going to be pure material benefits. Just, I want more for me, or I want more for people who are situated like me. There will tend to be values or ideas that are tied up with that. Um, now, in the middle, as I have on the notes, uh, is when our values and our benefits align. Right? Like when, I, when the things that we believe are good and right in the world and the things that we want materially are in alignment, that's sort of where we're, that's where we're in the middle. And that's actually a really great place to be in terms of interest group activity because you're going to get more, and this will, I'll speak to this later when I talk about interest group advocacy and throughout the course, but you're going to get more energy, more commitment, more numbers of people when an interest that uh, is represented by a group that is seeking a policy in, in, in the political system, a policy outcome, uh, when there's an alignment of values and material benefits, that's going to bring people from both ends of the spectrum to, to, to uh, line up behind that particular interest. That doesn't always happen, right? Most interests fall somewhere on the spectrum that is sort of uh, not right in that perfect overlap where our values, what's right and good in the world, and what is uh, our material benefits, what, what gives us the resources that we want and that, that make our, uh, our material lives better off. There's not always that overlap. What there often is in the middle is actually a conflict of interest. Uh, and conflicts of interest are, I would say, endemic to the human condition. Um, and they definitely are, whether they're endemic to the human condition or not, whether we could somehow erase conflicts of interest in some domain of our lives uh, and, and have a kind of purely cooperative, collaborative type of activity. I'm doubtful uh, about that, highly doubtful. In fact, I, I don't believe it's possible. But let's, I'll set that aside and just say that in politics, in our individual lives, uh, there are almost always going to be irreconcilable conflicts of interest. Um, so uh, we as individuals, we as members of groups, and we as people who are in groups who are struggling against other groups are going to run into conflicts all the time. Interests uh, are productive of con co conflict. They're not productive. In the, the existence of interests produce conflict because people have irreconcilable interests. Now, Obviously, there are conflicts of interest between interest groups. Right? I've given one example, it's, it's kind of a classic example, pro-life and pro-choice. One group thinks that uh, abortion should not be legal because uh, uh, life, occur, life starts at conception and therefore abortion is murder. That's the pro-life group. That's a value-based uh, uh, interest. Pro-choice, people who support pro-choice, they, they could actually believe that life begins at conception, but they typically don't. Uh, it's, it's actually a more complex and more diverse value-based idea, but the idea is that women have, should have a choice over their reproductive systems for some span of time within the, uh, within the reproductive cycle during the pregnancy. Obviously, between these two groups that have opposing interests, there's going to be a conflict of interest. And this is what the the primary struggle between interest groups in the democratic system is going to be about. It's going to be about different groups with different ideas, irreconcilable ideas, about uh, how the world should be, or how they would like the world to be, uh, are going to uh, run into each other. So business owners want to pay their employees as little as possible so that they can make maximum profits. Employees want to maximize their, their, their wages and salary and benefits so they can have more material resources for themselves. These are two irreconcilable uh, um, interests. It doesn't mean that there can't be a place in the middle, right? Here are two examples where there are actually 
um, irreconcilable differences between interests in the pro-life and pro-choice. If one wins, the other loses. There's really no way to compromise, right? You might say, well, if, if abortion can't be performed after the second trimester, then that's kind of a compromise between the pro-life and the pro-choice camp, but that's not how the pro-life uh, camp sees it. Um, so some, particularly interests that lean more towards the uh, value-based side, some interest group conflicts between groups uh, is going to be irreconcilable. Others, there is a place to accommodate. There is a place of overlap. There's the possibility of negotiation, compromise, giving. So, for example, between employers and employees, there is a place where they get, you know, employers want lowest wages possible, employees want highest wages possible. There's a place where each of them can get something and give uh, something, give in something, like fewer benefits for higher, higher pay or better healthcare benefits for lower salary whatever the specific might happen to be. Again, on the, uh, just like the irreconcilable differences tend to fall on the values-based side, on the material resources uh, or material benefits side, there tends to be more likelihood for compromise and uh, some kind of uh, solution where each conflicting group gets some of what they want. But absolutely, when there are interest groups acting in the political arena, which is pretty much, as I've said, the democratic struggle is a struggle between interest groups, there's going to be these direct conflicts of interest. There are also two other levels of conflict of interest. One is within groups, and the second one is within individuals. Right? Um, within an interest group, and I'm going to talk about the difference between formal and informal, organized and unorganized interest groups in the next lecture, uh, but within an organized interest group, there will be different views as to what it is that that group should be moving towards. Right? Uh, let's say that, that we have uh, an organized union, and clearly the union's common interest, the member's common interest, is to increase their, uh, uh, their compensation package. Um, and to reduce their workload and increase their job security, right? It's pretty easy for a union uh, and for a lot of organized interest groups to actually define their common interest in a pretty general way. So if you're a member of a union and you're the leadership of the union, you know that better compensation, better job security, better working conditions, easier job, all of those things are in the uh, material interests of your members. Which version of that, though? Are you willing to give up good benefits for higher pay? Are you willing to give up higher pay for better benefits? Are you willing to give up compensation overall for greater job security? Are you willing to give up job security for job ease and support, right? Maybe you get full-time salary for a 30-hour week, but you don't have a whole lot of job security and your benefits are, me are medium, right? Members of interest groups are going to disagree about the specific type of uh, interests that they want their group to represent. Now, not always, and again, on the different sides of the spectrum, it's going to be, uh, th this kind of disagreement is going to be more or less likely. On the values-based side, there's going to tend to be less internal disagreement about what is right and wrong, what's good and bad, though there obviously will be, right? Um, now, among pr the uh, pro-life uh, um, interest group, there are definitely some people who are like, all abortion is murder and it all must be stopped. And then there are other people who are just like, well, you know, it, if we can reduce access without outright outlawing it, maybe we should go for that. So there's going to be internal disagreement within that values-based interest group as to what's the right path 
uh, forward. But typically, in a values-based uh, um, interest group, there's going to be more of that kind of unity, less internal conflict. Um, the further, and again, it's, that's, that's a general trend. It's not always the case. Certainly among pro-choice people, uh, there are, there's a lot more diversity as to what exactly is the best policy, particularly because pro-choice is not just a purely value-based idea. It's also a mixture of, of material benefits because most pro-choice people don't just want abortion to be legal. They want there to be actual access. They want women to actually have access to uh, um, counseling and to reproductive services at an affordable rate and close and not like have to drive five states away to go get you know something that is very expensive. So um, some what again much like with unions and people are like well I want lots of benefits but I'll take and I'll take lower salaries like no I want a high salary I'll, I'll deal with benefits or I want a lot of job security and I'll take a lower salary for that higher job security within a values-based uh, interest group that has a sort of I would say a more complex set of values and their values are more intertwined with material benefits like the pro-choice uh, uh, group is then uh, there's going to be more internal conflict uh, now, one thing I will note about this internal conflict, and this speaks to uh, a future lecture about the keys to interest group success, depending on what your interest is, or what the interest of the interest group is, there is going to be either more or less likelihood of unity, uh, and of a reduced amount of internal conflict. Typically, on the values-based side, on a conservative view, there's going to be more unity and less internal agreement. And the reason is, is that conservatives tend to have, there's one thing that they want, because it's the traditional view, or it's something that has been around for a long time, and there's a, there's a broad-based agreement that that's what's right. Typically, among people who want change, um, that they say, well, the current situation is bad, and we want something to be better in the future, there's going to be more disagreement about what constitutes the new good. So, uh, the, typically, when you are in a value-based interest group that wants to conserve things, that has traditional values that you, are, that you are in support of, there's going to be more unity and there's going to be less uh, conflict within the group than when you have a change-based values-based uh, uh, interest group. So there's a, as you can see, interests are actually quite complex, uh, and uh, the, the types, the diversity of how people hold them, what holds groups together, how those interests play out in, in the desire for political action, those are all going to vary quite a bit. Um, now, the final type of conflict, and this makes things extraordinarily complicated, is that there's also conflict of interest within individuals. Um, this is pretty common, um, and some people would end up calling that hypocrisy, and it could end up being hypocrisy, but uh, I tend to think that there's a lot less hypocrisy in the world than it looks like, and there's just a lot more genuine, authentic, internal conflicts of interest. I'll give you one example to wrap up this uh, lecture that is a personal, uh, personal conflict of interest for me uh, as a, an individual. As a professor, I want higher pay. I want smaller class sizes. I want more uh, administrative and technological support. Those are all material benefits that I want. One of my values is accessible, high-quality education for as many people as possible. Um, that I, that's something that I really, truly believe in. Right? I think it's a good thing for the world, for our society, for uh, the future, for my children's future, for my unborn grandchildren's future. If more people have easier, less expensive 
uh, higher quality or access to higher quality uh, education up through as high as they can go, right? Um, I believe both of those things. I want more money. I want more support. I want better resources as a professor. And I also want greater accessibility to higher quality. The more I'm paid, the harder it's going to be to give universal access. The more professors are paid in general, the more tuition is going to uh, rise, or the more it's going to there's going to have to be uh, government subsidies to bring tuition rates down. Um, the uh, or the more there's going to have to be some kind of cutting corners. Uh, if we pay professors more, then maybe there's going to be less technology available to them. There is a conflict in the world between those two interest groups: those who who want uh, greater educational accessibility to and higher quality, and those who want more pay and more technology for professors. I happen to be in both of those interest groups, and therefore I have a conflict of interest. This is extraordinarily common. It's extremely common for one individual to hold interests, particularly when they uh, range across the spectrum. Right? Most of us have value-based interests that, uh, even if they're internally consistent, might conflict with the material benefits that we also want. Right? And then as individuals, we can decide. Right? And this is part of what we do internally. We have an interest group struggle, a sort of a version of the interest group struggle internally, which is, okay, which of these is more important to me? Is my value of higher quality, more accessible education uh, for society, is that stronger than my desire for more pay and more benefits and more technolo technological administrative support? Or do, is the material benefits the stronger interest? In a way, which side of that wins is a result of my internal struggle. And that is very common. Um, now, you could, sit, you could also just call me a hypocrite. You could say, well, you can't want higher pay for professors and greater accessibility uh, and higher quality for students, you're a hypocrite for wanting both of those things. Uh, and especially if you, if, you, if you advocate for both of those things, then you're a total hypocrite because you're, you're asking for conflicting things. I tend to avoid calling people hypocrites uh, because when uh, the hypocrisy label is the most obvious is when somebody has a stated principle and then they seem to be acting in, uh, uh, in a way that goes against that stated principle. I believe that typically what that is a result of it could just be total amorality, right? It could be that there's just deeply rooted hypocrisy there. I'm not saying that's not possible. But it is likely that what it is is that there's a different interest, usually a material interest, that wins out over that stated principle. Um, and we don't necessarily want people to not state their principles just because they actually also have a material interest that that uh, is in conflict with that principle that will occasionally and possibly always override that. So we ourselves are typically uh, a, I mean there are some people who are fully internally consistent, all of their interests align with each other and there's no internal conflicts. Um, but most people, and reflect upon your own, all of the different things that you believe are right and good and all the things that you want that are beneficial materially to you, and you will notice that you are, uh, you have a very complex, conflictual, uh, messy set of interests. So at every level, the individual, internal to the group, and uh, society, the democratic society where interest groups are struggling with each other, there are these irreconcilable conflicts of interest. Um, and one of the things that that shows, I think, is how powerful interests have a hold over us as humans and as 
uh, organizational uh, members and as uh, uh, democratic citizens and activists that our interests matter so much to us that we pursue them, but we have, an, we have a diversity an, uh, of them and they themselves are not fully internally consistent, that it's going to be kind of messy. So what are interests? Well, they are a lot of things uh, and uh, one of them is that they are very diverse and they're very messy. Uh, 